Macworld Podcast, episode 570 for August 23rd, 2017. I'm Roman Loyola from Macworld. I'm here with Leah Yamshan, our Macworld's managing editor. Hello. And joining us on the big screen is former Macworld editor and now freelance contributor, Susie Oaks. Hi, Susie. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks Yay. for joining us. We're happy to yeah, have you. Nice to be back in the podcast shed. <laughs> So uh, we're live on Facebook. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. And our producer, Adam, will uh, chime in with any uh, comments and questions that you have. And I'll try to remember to uh, ask you guys for uh, comments and questions because we want to make this more of an interactive uh, show than, than than we have been in the past. So because you're watching us. You should be able to contribute. Yeah, we had a good uh, chat about the Apple Watch last week and everybody's different like battery life experiences. So thanks for chiming in there. And we're looking forward to chatting with you again today. Yeah. So uh, let's jump right into it. The first topic that we're going to talk about is the iPhone 8. Oh, my gosh. What? We have never talked about the iPhone 8 on this show. There's going to be an iPhone 8. (laughs) iPhone 8. Can you believe it? Get out of the city. (laughs) Apple did this thing called the iPhone. They're coming out with a new one. (gasps) What? Whoa. (laughs) Well, and, and it's been dominating the headlines because, you know, it comes out every September. September's like... Just a few, just a week away, practically. Crazy. Eight days away. Um, but more recently, the uh, iPhone was in the headlines because an article by Mark Gurman, who's known as someone who has broken a lot of Apple news and rumors that have been more reliable than other uh, than other reports in the past, who now works for Bloomberg, came out with this article that was basically a summary of what the features were in the new iPhone. Um, and a lot of the, the, the interesting thing about this article was that he took the angle of these features have been seen in other phones before already. And here are the, here's the phone that you've seen this feature. So for instance, one of the features that he talks about is the, um, like for instance, the, the screen, which is supposed to be, pretty much taking up the whole phone, you know, that's already been seen in uh, other phones. phones. Yeah. Yeah. So like the essential phone that's coming out, that's going to have a, you know, a big giant screen with a very small bezel, things like that. So he takes that angle. Um, So, and he talks about other new features of the phone. Uh, I think some of the unique new features are the facial recognition, which is 3D facial recognition. So, uh, uh, an infrared to see you in the dark. Right, right. Right. An infrared, because if you're going to have facial recognition, you can't just use it in the daytime. You have to be able to use it when there's very little light as well. And then a smart camera, which has improved scene and object detection, which I'm not quite sure what that that means. Does anybody know what that means? It sounds impressive. <laughs> um, 
Is it like the scene modes that they have on cameras, like indoor, outdoor, party, you know, like for different light temperatures and, and, and situations? Like if you're shooting sports, it adjusts the shutter speed and, and stuff like that. I mean, I, I never really dug into those and now I don't use point and shoot cameras anymore because uh, of my iPhone. So maybe it's bringing that feature from point and shoots over I would actually, I would actually yeah. think it's more along the lines of, uh, you know, kind of what Google does where it'll, uh, it'll right now it detects faces and is able to, you know, adjust focus like that. Right. But, you know, in the future it's like, oh, okay, we see that that's an apple or, you know, we see that that's a car, uh, not that it'll oh, maybe machine make an learning adjust. Kind of yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. You know, that, that would be my kind of guess, but yeah, that's I mean, probably a better guess. <laughs> they stress the, the object, you know, detection and recognition in, in this feature name here. Um, so I wonder, like, we haven't really heard much about that from Apple yet in terms of iOS 11 and what's planned. So I wonder if that's kind of something that they're baking into the hardware now to kind of work on and improve, um, you know, as iOS improves and kind of down the line. Yeah, They should use facial detection. So if you're taking a, gr- a group shot of a bunch of people, it automatically takes a shot when everyone's eyes are open. <laughs> it's just like bing, bing, bing. As soon as everyone's looking that's and smiling, it's just like bing, 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 bing. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's my feature. That request. would be a killer feature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people would decide to buy that phone because of that feature and there's always for group shots there's always one person with their eyes closed <laughs> like it is so hard to get a, a complete you know right. shot where it's usually me ready. i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the the reconfigured cameras because right now the iphone is the the 7 plus has the camera side by two cameras side by side but this time the cameras on the new iphone will be on top of each other mm-hmm. and uh, German says that's for better augmented reality. Uh, yeah, which we know is is coming in some right, shape or form. Right, and Apple and the reason the WWDC talked about augmented reality and how they want they're like diving headfirst into that. They really want to take advantage of that. So, and there's also a longer power button. I know I've always wanted Ooh. a longer power button. Finally. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is kind of hard. That's just going to mess up all the cases, which I mean, it'll be messed up yeah, by the it's new bezels. Be, right. Especially, I mean, the, if the cameras are different, like that's going to mess up all the all the cases. Yeah. yeah. So, I would just want to know what was the like some they're designing the phone, and someone went, you know, if the power button was longer. <laughs> you know, my thumb is just too big for that small <laughs> power button. I just can't possibly push right. it. it, it Especially because Apple does, you know, they nitpick over a little, every little feature. So there was some, there's a, there was, you know, there was a good amount of thinking behind the power button being, see, we've already talked a lot about the power button. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, hey, I mean, if it, if it helps uh, serve a purpose, then that's good. I, you yeah. know, uh, I mean, I'll throw it out there to, to the internet. What, what do you guys think? You know, it's, it's a small little tweak that you would like to see. I mean, I know personally, it's, it's not a small tweak, but maybe the return of the headphone jack. Uh, oh. <laughs> Apple never goes backwards, so that's that's no. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, we're just all going to probably have to, have to make that. it thicker. It's too, just a small little tweak. Run. Just you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the space they could have used for the longer power button could have been the headphone jack. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why they they were finally able to enlong in that button. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
That was the ultimate goal the whole time. Perfect. <laughs> On two sides of the phone that are nowhere near each other. Yeah, so if anyone who's who's watching right now, if you if you've read this article and had some thoughts on it, please let us know. Because uh, one of the interesting things about this article was that uh, I know John Gruber from Daring Fireball and a few other people were saying this article was, they were kind of um, criticizing this article mostly because of the angle that it took. So the angle that this article takes is that here are the new features and here are the phones that already have this feature, which seems like kind of an, it does seem like a weird angle. And there's always been this kind of thing where Apple gets criticized for not necessarily implementing new features, but using features that have already been introduced in other products and making it better. And then people claim that's innovative when it's really not. And that's I know that's been sort of a criticism of Apple by a lot of Apple haters, I guess. But uh, so a lot of people were kind of criticizing German for this angle that he took. I personally think what happened was German went to his editor and said, I'm going to write an article about the <laughs> iPhone and its new features. And his editor said, well, everybody's done that. You need to come up with a different angle. And so he came up with this angle. So. Well, so I, I really like this angle because um, I think that Apple fans sometimes get tunnel vision and only pay attention to what Apple's doing. And then they'll come out with like Apple Pay and they're like, wow, they invented contactless payments, which they really didn't. So I like the the whole history thing. The article included this really cool timeline that kind of showed, um, you know, from the dawn of smartphones, which everyone agrees was the iPhone <laughs> in, 10 years ago. Um, we see it crawl forward. And Apple was first with some things like Retina screens and Siri. And then you saw the other phones pick those up. So it, it showed in there that turnaround is, you know, fair play and that they all do this. I mean, if you're going to find like the world's best pizza, it's probably not going to be that innovative. It's probably going to be a basic pizza, but like done really well with the perfect combination of ingredients, like made just right. That's what all these smartphone companies are trying to do. Like they don't have to reinvent the wheel, which we'll talk about later, um, but they do have to, you you know, come up with the, the best uh, combination of features and specs and size and weight to come up with the best experience for their customers. And that's what Apple's trying to do. It's okay that they're not, you know, using all brand new things because that would be a weird phone that probably nobody would want. So this one, it's going to have a, a, a few new things. The facial recognition is new. To me, that's the scariest feature is the one that's brand new. I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Like people are like, should I get this iPhone 8? I'm like, well, we don't know anything for sure yet, but it's got this scary new feature that, you know, no one's tried. So, you know, that could work against them if it's all new, new, new all the time. So I, I liked this article because um, it had the the cool chart showing, you know, what was new and what wasn't. And then the timeline was really interesting. So if you skipped it, um, check out the timeline because it's it's a it's a good look back at where Apple was first in some places. Other companies were first in all places. But, you know, it's 2017 and we're all kind of in the same spot. Well, I'm sorry, Susie. I, I got to correct you as a as an Android user. We've had Face Unlock for a couple years now. Uh, you know, I'm surprised uh, that that article actually didn't shout out the Amazon Fire Phone, which had four cameras oh, to that detect was cool. where your yeah. face was. 
And it wasn't to unlock the phone, but it was to do like these weird parallax features. So they would know where your eyes were and then change the image on the phone as your head moved. But it was detecting your whole head. And they did a lot of work to make it work in low light, to make it work with people with crazy beards or sunglasses or weird haircuts. So I was sort of surprised that like, I mean, that phone was a huge flop, but um, it it did a (laughs) couple of innovative things that it's not getting credit for. Yeah, I forgot about that phone. It was a pretty interesting phone. <laughs> seemed like a cool phone. It just it was cool. Didn't catch on. Amazon wants you to forget about that. Yeah, phone. they do. Uh, but also, uh, Tim Hardwick on uh, Periscope, uh, he says, "Didn't Apple reinvent reinvent the pizza box?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, they called it the Macintosh LC. <laughs> yes, that's right. They did reinvent the pizza box. Yeah, I liked this article too. Um, I think it's pointing out, um, kind of as Susie said, that all ideas. The all of Apple's features on their phones that are the standout features that we've come to depend on every day and that we love every day and that we like thank Apple for for you know bringing to this phone. Chances are it the version of this feature that we like wasn't the first version that Apple came out with. You know the Touch ID for example, which Apple didn't even they weren't even the first person to do a fingerprint. Um, unlock that was Motorola in April 2011 according to this article um so you know touch ID was a little slow in the first version and then the next version it was a little better and now it's lightning fast for what we have today so ideas and new technologies they're just going to keep getting better and better with every new version that's coming out and I think it's great when a company can like see an idea that somebody else did take that technology kind of improve on it because it really just drives the whole industry forward as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I would actually say that I, I think that's Apple's strength is that they they can wait, they can you know sit there and perfect something. You know, I, I don't. I would I would say the the average user just wants a solid experience. You know, uh, and especially in the cases where you know they have been first on something like Siri, the the competitors quickly caught up. You know, because I think you you have time. The first one out is is going to be the one with all the bugs. So you know, I I think that's an okay t- tactic mm-hmm. by Apple to you know. It's like, hey, you know what? Okay, that's cool. Could we do it better? You know. Yeah, Siri is an interesting one. They were quick to the market with Siri. Um, so that came out with the 4S in 2011. But we didn't see an AI assistant on any other platform until um, Cortana in April 2014. So that's like two and a half years of like of nothing. So these other companies were really working on theirs and improving on their AI systems before they brought one to market. Um, And now a lot of these systems are, I would say they're all on par with Siri or even better. Like uh, Alexa is, I think the Alexa experience is better than Siri in a lot of ways. I mean, Siri gets a bad rap, I think, you know, because especially because it came out so early, you know, everyone was like, oh, sweet. And then it was like, eh, what could it really do? Or, you know, like, ah, it's reading what I'm I'm saying wrong. You know, like I, I think more people see like something like Google Assistant and say, okay, that wasn't first, but it's Mm -hmm. a lot more reliable, you know, because it has the Google framework behind it, at least. So my two cents. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anybody out there? Um, watching if you have any comments about uh, iPhone 8 features. Uh, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. Uh, and check out the article on Bloomberg. I put the link in our Facebook uh, page and 
if I could get to our Twitter feed, I would put that too. It, it's it's <laughs> on Bloomberg. I'm sure if you did a search on iPhone Bloomberg, it would come up. It put it it would uh, posted yesterday. It's weird. The, the headline for the article is "What's new in the iPhone 8?" But if you looked at the tab, which is the in uh, Inside baseball parlance is the SEO headline. <laughs> oh man, you're you're going deep in the weeds. Yes, the headline <laughs> is Apple's winning iPhone formula is perfecting its rivals' best ideas. <laughs> so uh, check out that article. Nice. Um, but let's move on to our next topic. The next topic is the iOS tutorials that Apple is has released for uh, for iOS 11. Uh, they came out with a couple of videos that demonstrate a couple new features, which give people kind of a sneak peek as to what features are going to be in the new operating system for the iPhone and iPad. Um, it's an interesting pivot thing. to video is real. Everyone's <laughs> right. pivoting to video. Everyone's Apple. pivoting to video. <laughs> so, the future, no one will be able to read. <laughs> I'll just be watching. So they'll make videos to teach you how to read. Yeah. <laughs> Remember right. reading? <laughs> this is the alphabet. They'll make videos to teach you how to watch videos to learn. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to ask the audience uh, if they've, if anyone's been using the iOS 11 beta or if you've seen the videos, what are your impressions? If you have any, uh, if you have any uh, favorite new features, I have to admit, I haven't been using the iOS 11 beta because I've been, concentrating more on mac os uh but i don't know if Susie or leah you guys have been using the ios 11 beta do you mm -hmm. have any uh it's getting better this is yeah. a good time to jump in if you haven't jumped in yet because i mean it should be gold master in a, in a couple more weeks so um so the the first couple were not ready <laughs> they were sort of a mess the battery life was horrendous a lot of that has been fixed it's been smooth sailing i think the developers are on beta 7 um and then the the public beta is is right there too so so yeah they're they're nice i have I haven't been using it on the iPad because in my house that's a shared device and I'm going to have to retrain my family. So <laughs> I have to come up with some that made me, I'll just have them watch all of Apple's videos. Um, my son loves a good YouTube. So, so thanks Apple for making that easy. Um, but I have been using it on my iPhone. Um, the new live photos features are super fun. It will, um, you take a live photo as usual. So you know how, if you're going to take a boomerang, you have to like, stop, stop, stop what we're doing. We got to take a boomerang. You got to open up boomerang, be like, okay. And then you don't get a lot of control over it. So live photos now has a boomerang feature. They call it bounce because it just bounces back and forth. Um, but you just take a photo like you, like you always have. And then if it's a live photo, um, iOS 11 will kind of detect like, Hey, this might make a good loop or a good bounce. Or if it's like a really still photo, but some of it's moving, like if you're uh, shooting like ocean waves or a babbling brook or something, it can do a thing where it sort of smooths out the motion, but keeps the still stuff all still. What do they call that? It's got a cute name. Uh, long exposure. Okay, it's not a cute <laughs> name. It's a very technical name because that's exactly what it's doing. Um, so you get a long exposure, but that's but it's not like you took it with a long exposure. You took a live photo, and it just takes all the data from the live photo 
and creates a long exposure computationally. So that's really fun. It's fun to play with. And it's gotten me to turn live photos back on because I'd sort of turned it off. They fill up your phone a lot faster. Um, but the, yeah, this, this makes live photos fun again. And then the new app store is really great. It's a total redesign. It actually has content in it. Like if you'll open it up, it's like, Hey, there's a new level in monument Valley. Like, let us show you a little video about it. So it's not all just like apps, apps, apps. Um, so there's a lot more editorial curation. And I'm sure there's even more to come when it, when it launches fully, but even what's in there now is good. So it'll be really interesting to see, um, the developers write, you know, their blog posts with all kinds of charts and fun stuff about if they notice any, uh, change in sales because the app store is totally different. I think it's a better experience, but you know, will that lead to more dollars for developers? We'll see. Interesting. Yeah, I have the beta on an iPad. I'm always afraid to put it on my main driver phone for all of the reasons that Susie mentioned, how at the beginning it can it's always like kind of a crapshoot like sometimes you install a it beta. was bad but it's better now yeah yeah like sometimes it's fine right off the bat like a little buggy but not too bad um but it sounded like it was not great at the beginning so maybe i'll do it now but now Remember at this we were point... trying to facetime caitlin yeah like, the, the, we were trying to facetime <laughs> right. caitlin from a party from leah's birthday party and the <laughs> keyboard was like over caitlin's face and we couldn't get the keyboard to go away and, and she... it wasn't user error even yeah. though we were at a party it was ios 11 and we, so we have this FaceTime where we're just laughing at iOS 11. It's good, good times. Good uh, we should, I wish we could have like recorded that video because that would have been iOS 11 funny. lets you record the screen pretty oh. easily. Oh, I, nice. Yeah, we didn't do it. Yeah. That would have been funny. Next time. <laughs> um, what I liked about these um, iPad tutorials that Apple just did, first of all, they're very nicely produced, which just is, you know, par for the course for Apple. Um, But they were fun to watch. They're quick. They're all like a minute or less. And they reminded me of a lot of kind of gesture based features that iOS 11 has that I kind of forgot about because iOS 11 for the iPhone is going to be really different um, than the iPad just because with the bigger like screen size on the iPad, they've like built in some extra features. So I forgot about drag and drop. I forgot about the expanded dock. Um, and these videos kind of, it was just quickly like, hey, you can take an icon of an app you like and drag it down to your dock and then it will be in your dock forever. Yay. And here's how to make it go away. Okay. Like, goodbye. Thank you for watching. So um, I liked these videos. And I think for the average iPad user, um, they probably aren't super aware of everything that their new iPad can do. So if Apple could have a way of like, I know they have the tips app. So when you get a new device, it will like suggest all these tips for you. But I wonder if they might bake these videos into the tip section for new year's new users. Um, I think they could be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised they had voiceovers instead of text. So I wonder if they're going to, they have, you know, versions with text too, and they're going to start building up their Facebook presence. I wonder if they're going to have like an Apple channel on Snapchat. Like they, they're really starting to expand out like where they're bringing the help to people. And I think it's great. I'm really into it. I mean, they're sort of coming for us a little bit, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll keep making videos too. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm surprised that it's voiceover because I mean, you think uh, if somebody's going to sit there and try to learn how to do it, uh, can 
can you play a video in a background so you could could you actually watch the video yes, and then yes you could the picture so, in picture on the ipad yeah. <laughs> perfect <laughs> yeah um i yeah, wonder you know apple just created an instagram account and these all yep. fit the timing requirements on for instagram oh. videos oh, so i wonder sleuth. if they've just kind of like created these now and then once the once ios 11 like leaves beta and like is out into the world i wonder or if they'll um put them on instagram I think there's going to be an uh, Apple social explosion yeah. coming our way. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, at, on the face of it, these look like tutorials, but they actually serve multi-purposes. They're, they're tutorials, they're marketing, mm-hmm. and then they're going to be fodder for their an expanded social presence. So that's that's pretty interesting. Though. So, yeah. They're like, getting a lot of mileage out of these videos. Well, I, I would say that's a good thing because, I mean, that's... That's one of the hard things is that, I mean, when you continually add features, you know, there's so many features that, you know, you'd be like, hey, did you know you could do this? And they're like, whoa, I had no idea. And it's like, you know, how, how are you supposed to surface that to people? I, I'd say it's actually, yeah, a really great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're, it's I didn't even really think about the social aspect until we started talking about it. But even the way they were filmed with like the cutesy donut with the bite being taken out of it and then put back on the table, like it's just very... It's kind of like made to be shared. With the fried egg on the <laughs> Yeah, that's how I work. Rubik's that's cube <laughs> during the multitasking one. The guy's doing a Rubik's cube with one hand. Yeah. iPad with the other. They were very cute. The Apple did mm-hmm. a good job. Yeah. Where, where can you see these videos? So these videos, I, I'll put a post the link in our Facebook page. It's at apple.com. Uh, the, there's one for the, there's a page for the iPad Pro. Uh, and there's a, there's like six videos. There might be more. Yeah. There's like six videos on here. Uh, and they're, they're good videos. Yeah. So. They're all ad free. You know, I mean, they're yeah, on they're Apple's on page, but well. oh, they're on YouTube. Okay. On yeah, Apple has an official channel on YouTube. So they're all up there. So, um, but yeah, if you haven't had a chance to, if, if you're afraid of or hesitant about installing the iOS betas, but you would like to take a look, get a better look at iOS than just like screenshots, uh, see them in, in use, uh, check out the videos. There's, it's also on, the videos are also on Apple's YouTube page. So there's mm-hmm. the social aspect as well again. So it's on Apple's website, and I, I pasted a link on the Facebook page. and then, uh, But also you can go to Apple's YouTube page and take a look at those videos. So they're interesting. Uh, they give you a good look as to what you can expect from iOS 11. Uh, the one I'm looking at is for the iPad Pro. I don't remember if they have videos for the, that are more focused on the iPhone or, and the regular iPad. Does anyone know? I haven't seen any iPhone ones. No um, iPhone ones yet, okay. but I bet they're Probably coming. coming. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, because the iPad Pro has the, the dock features. and Yeah. Yeah. They were all very iPad iOS 11 specific, which right. is the new hotness. Yeah. You know, this the uh, I'm sorry. This is actually the first time uh, I'm watching these, and yeah, these are these are high production values. Wow. <laughs> they they probably spent a lot you, of uh-huh. time. They probably spent a lot of time on these bad boys. Getting that table perfectly crisp and white without <laughs> a speck of dust out of place. I don't even know if that's a table. It might that just all be computer be generated. No donut yeah. looks that good. <laughs> Yeah, what is that frosting made out of? <laughs> but uh, yeah, let us know what your if if you have some experience with iOS 11, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what your favorite features are, and maybe we could talk about that in, in our next podcast. Yeah. Roman, are there any features that you're excited about with iOS 11? I do. Uh, um, 
I do want to use it on the iPad Pro and kind of use the dock because the thing is, I even though I have an iPad, I don't use it very much in terms of work mm-hmm. because I'm so Mac oriented after you know decades of using a Mac, <laughs> and I feel just more more comfortable using a Mac to get my work done. I would like to use an iPad because it's lighter and um, I don't have to carry on this thing all the time. Mm-hmm. I could carry around a smaller iPad and a keyboard. So, you know, like using the dock feels like feels like a feature that I could like really get into because it would help me uh, navigate the, uh, the iPad a little more uh, and use multiple apps because that's how I work. I tend to use multiple apps. And so switching between apps on the iPad isn't really as elegant as I would like it to be in the dock would help me a lot. And then managing files and, and other, other things like that. So, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully I can use it as a laptop substitute. Yeah. Pretty soon you'll be the iPad multitasking pro and you can do the Rubik's Cube in one hand <laughs> and work with the other, just like the guy in the video. <laughs> Fortunately, unfortunately, the only way I've ever solved a Rubik's Cube is by taking it apart. So, <laughs> Or peeling the stickers off. <laughs> I've never yeah. peeled the stickers off, but you know, you take it to the corner and you pry it and then mm-hmm. like you get the pieces and you, that, that was actually <laughs> it, so. amazing. Our next topic is the, uh, is about the Apple car. So there was an article yesterday and by the New York times that gave some, uh, insight as to what Apple is doing with the Apple car. Now, the Apple car, I think like earlier this year and late last year was making a lot of noise as a potential, as a project for Apple. Project Titan was the name that they gave the Apple car project. And um, it was making a lot of noise. And then it suddenly just kind of went away. And this New York Times article talks about how, what is going on with Project Titan. So, uh, according to uh, is it Daisuke Watts, Wakabayashi, who wrote this article, uh, Project Titan is now basically going to be concentrating on sort of the underlying technology of self-driving cars. So Apple isn't going to make a car anymore, but they're going to work on the basically the system that would pilot, I guess, a self-driving car. Uh, but what was interesting, and I think we kind of knew that already. There were sort of like rumblings about that's what they were doing with the project. But what was more interesting about this article was sort of like how far this project had gone before they decided to uh, scale it back. So uh, like one of the cool things that they talked about was that they had some ideas about what they wanted to do with the car itself. And one of the things they wanted to do was like make silent doors so like you couldn't you wouldn't hear them open or close <laughs> which scary it was kind of scary to me because i actually use that cue you know when i so i know when people are coming in and out of my car you know uh but one of the coolest things i thought was that they wanted to instead of use wheels they wanted to use spheres which sounds so cool. kind of crazy I can't even so, imagine it's like that. B, it's like a BB-8 car. <laughs> yeah. Right. You'd have four little BB-8s under your car, maybe more than four. I don't know, but okay. like you could go up to a parking spot and then just go zoop like straight sideways mm-hmm. into the parking spot. Like that would be so baller. Yeah. yeah. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part. I think when I was reading it, I went, oh. 
when I got to that part. Yeah, when I read that part, I went, oh, come on. You guys got to yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be cool. You know, parallel parking would just be like, you just go, Oh, Whoop. yeah. It would be a thing of the past. You wouldn't have to, yeah. like... Look, know that skill anymore. You could just that legit made me sad that they weren't making a car. I was like, yeah. oh, it would have been like the Homer Simpson car, but a Johnny Ive version of the Homer <laughs> Simpson car, which is just so much fun to imagine. Um, Roman and I back like a million years ago worked for MacLife, and every year they did a story where we would come up with like fake Apple ideas and then yeah. have a 3D designer um, make a rendering of them. And of course, we did a car, and it was it was like an Audi with an Apple logo slapped on it. And I was like, you know. <laughs> We never came anywhere close to spherical wheels. Like, that's insane. Um, but the other really interesting uh, news that's it's real, like based in reality from this um, article, too, is that um, they said that Apple's going to be testing its self-driving technology with a driverless shuttle between all of its buildings. So, I mean, obviously, a lot of people are moving to Apple Park, but they still have Infinite Loop and they still have a lot of other buildings in Cupertino and Palo Alto. Um, right now, like there's bikes and stuff. <laughs> I think they have a shuttle, but, um, they all have drivers. So, uh, so yeah, they're going to have a, a driverless shuttle, which is, is a really exciting idea too. It hasn't launched yet, but I mean, I think, you know, maybe 10 years from now, that's going to be the bigger application for, for driverless technology is things like delivery trucks and buses and shuttles more than individual cars. Um, I don't know. But my, my son is five, and he asks every couple weeks, Macworld podcast listeners would know, because um, I've talked about this before. He asks every couple of weeks, are they still working on those robot cars? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. And that's, that was also addressed in here that one of the biggest challenges for all the tech companies that are working on this is just retaining the best engineers. There's only so many like brilliant minds at um, these autonomous systems, and uh, they're, they're very much in demand. So, But yeah, I tell my son they are working on the robot cars, and they'll be on the road before he is so exciting stuff yeah i'm uh, in kind of in the market for getting a new car and one of my friends suggested like she's like wow this might be the last like regular car you ever own and that kind of blew my mind a little bit because you know if you keep a car i'm not the type of person that like gets a car and then gets another one in two years i keep my like my car is 13 years old right now so if my next car has a shelf life of you know, 10 to 13 years, like driverless cars will probably be on the road by then. Crazy. Which is so crazy to think about. Um, it's exciting, though. I love the idea of starting with a shuttle system. I think that's a really smart uh, way for Apple to go, um, especially considering like all the shuttles, they'll just be going from like one Apple campus to another. It's all within like a small radius. So if one breaks down or if there's a problem, you know, the people on the shuttle aren't going to be stranded somewhere. Um, you know, they'll be able to get off and safely off to their like next destination. And the Apple uh, team for Project Titan, if we're still calling it that, they'll be able to come and kind of figure out what's going on and then get that car back on the road. Um, and it's it's an efficient way to think about like the future of public transportation, too. Yeah, like Uber and Google and stuff you see there, they're driverless cars out testing around in San Francisco mm -hmm. and in the Valley. And but they're always single cars. So like a, a really big bus with a LIDAR on top would be a, a little frightening, but also like <laughs> really, really cool. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll have, you know, they, they all have backup drivers for now because this is all still being tested. 
But yeah, awesome stuff. It's an interesting shift because Apple is known as a consumer-based company. You know, the products mm-hmm. are consumer-based. And the idea that like shuttles or semi-trucks, that those are kind of like the big target uh, vehicles that you know, could take advantage of self-driving. It seems a little different from what Apple usually does because you would, you know, you think Apple will make a car for a consumer, but you know, that that seems to be the the uh, the proper direction to go with that. You know, is to address these, uh, you know, it, it address these bigger, I guess, more uh, industrial uses for for vehicles. Uh, where there's a lot more risk involved with 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 human drivers, you know, you got fatigue and things mm-hmm. like that, and you know, it, it would help. It helps. It helps that industry a lot. It would it would save some money, and it'd also be a, probably more safer with with uh, using a self driving car. So now I'm thinking that I might I might have to do is start driving around Cupertino and Palo Alto looking for this <laughs> shuttle, yeah. this self driving shuttle. So. So I can, uh, well, and the other good point that Daisuke made, I think, is that um, the, as Apple is developing this, things that they learn are going to trickle down into products that we already use. So, like all the augmented reality stuff in the iPhone and, and uh, the new iPhone and iOS 11, I mean, it's detecting like flat planes that you can put stuff on, like a table, you can put an object on, or a floor, you can put, you know, some furniture on. That's what self driving cars do. They detect roads and they detect other objects. I mean, we were just talking about object detection in the in the camera in the new camera so um you know as they're like learning about all these these new technologies there's a lot of machine learning and a lot of you know big data that's gonna inform the other things that they're working on as well which is really neat so even before we get our robot cars we'll get some of their their intelligence in the the iphones and ipads some robot car features in our phone (laughs) yeah And who knows, maybe, you know, once Apple kind of scales back a little bit, they learn some things from this different project, they'll probably funnel it into their own kind of consumer-based car at some point, you'd think, right? So maybe we will get spherical wheels eventually? (laughs) Yeah, this could just be a starting point. (laughs) What the spherical wheel? If the Apple shuttle has spherical wheels, like, it's over. Forget it. I can't, I can't unsee the, like, BB-8 thing now. Like, I'm just picturing this bus with little, like, BB-8 wheels and it's it's making little little BB-8 sounds. Like, carrying you, like you're, like, some kind of emperor, right? Like, BB-8's, like, hoisting you up on their spherical shoulders making, and just rolling you through the streets of Cupertino. Making the little sounds, like instead of beeping like ah! a honk, it'll be a little like BB-8. Beep, beep. Ah! That'd be so good. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone who's watching right now has any experience with self-driving cars, because I've never actually sat in a self-driving car or like, I don't, I, I think I've maybe seen one on the, on the streets of San Francisco once. But I wasn't sure if that was even a self-driving car. I, Those Uber guys are out there all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. I've seen the Ubers a handful of times. Yeah, because I've seen the the lidar on top of it, 
but there was a guy in the driving seat, but I don't know if he was driving. So I don't think know. he's really driving. Yeah. yeah. I think he's kind of like, and then there's like two, usually two guys, two other guys in there with laptops. They mm-hmm. look very uncomfortable. Right. Right. <laughs> Someone needs to invent a more ergonomic, you know, situation for the poor guys testing them. Yeah. yeah. I like the idea of eventually um, having all of the chairs be like bucket chairs that you can swivel around so you can all like kind of talk to each other and like have a little powwow in the car. But for that's probably like far, far, far out at this point. Yeah. I like driving. I like driving too. Yeah. As much as it aggravates me, especially because I live in San Francisco and I, it's mostly city driving that I do. And it, it's, it can be kind of crazy between the pedestrians, the skateboarders, the, the bicyclists, Muni, and then other drivers. I love driving. So, but my kids, will, my kids can attest to that how many times I've sworn out, sworn at some other driver or some other dude, or it, you know. But I love driving, and I don't know if I could ever give my give that up to to a self driving car. Yeah. So. I love the idea of being able to drive myself, but then not park my car and just like put my car to work for me while during yeah. the day, like. You know the dream scenario. I could be a can virtual... it come pick you up like a night rider? Like, yeah, you'd be like Kit, come get <laughs> totally. me. Totally, the car would like come flying. That's in exactly and just jump in. Nice. That's exactly what I want. I want to be like a virtual Lyft driver where I don't have to like interact with anybody, but my car is the Lyft driver. So while I'm at work, it's like out being my side hustle for me, and then it picks me up at the end of the day. Oh, that, that's what I really want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, today. I drove to work and I forgot that it's a Giants Day game. Oh, and we worked. Oh. We worked. So you could have just sent your ballpark. car back home again. Yeah, yeah. See, free. Or I could have just had it circle around right. the block all day long. But then, but the reason why everyone's moaning growing is because parking ends up being twice, sometimes three times as much as it usually is. So expensive. Yeah, so We're I right went to pay for parking. I was like, what? Oh, it's a day game. And so if I had the self-driving car, that would just like drive itself back home. Mm-hmm. That would have been. That would have been an ideal, but no, I had to pay $40 for parking. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, if you, anybody uh, has any thoughts and ideas or comments about the Apple car or any other topics that we've talked about today on the Macworld podcast, let us know, you know on the Twitter and Facebook uh, page. Uh, but that just about wraps it up for today's show. Um, we're live every week on Wednesdays at 10 o'clock Pacific. That's 1 o'clock Eastern. And I believe that's, oh, I was going to say what what time it is in England, and then I totally spaced out. <laughs> so if anybody knows, let me know. Because uh, I was just in London, and I, I believe six? it's eight hours. They're eight hours. 6 p.m. I'm going to guess six. Yes, oh. so eight hours ahead. So I think you're right, Susie. I think it's six o'clock. So points for Susie on that one. <laughs> uh, we'll have an edited version of this podcast on our website probably later today. The audio version will be available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, again, thanks for joining us. Join us next week. Again, that's 10 o'clock Pacific on Wednesdays. And uh, thank you very much. I'd like to thank Leah and Susie. Thanks, Roman. And thanks, Adam, everybody. Our producer. Hey, thanks, guys. And we'll see you next week.